And we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Six, guys. I'm just feeling it, and so is Brandon. It's the freaking season finale, the official season finale, because on uh, yesterday we did our pop culture, and now we're doing our sports. And so this is it. This is it for season two. Uh, been it's been a heck of a season. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of improvements, and we're only going to improve. And I'm pumped. I know Brandon's pumped because it's his day. So like, we're not gonna waste your time. We're gonna get right on into it and just get just have a great freaking last episode of season two. Um, and as always, guys, you know we start this podcast out by saying thank you. Thank you guys so much just for uh, being such loyal uh, listeners. Thank you to those who support us. You guys rock. Uh, we're going to make this thing better and better every episode. And y'all make that possible as mm-hmm. uh, listeners of this podcast. So thank you so much. Um, all right. So we so this finale is not as like jam-packed as the pop culture one, but we're going to have a few. Uh, two good topics and then our usual uh, five ga- uh, five games of the weekend to watch that Tommy and I are going to predict slash mm-hmm. uh, tell you if you hit, should hit the lines or not. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. So starting out, we're going to talk about the Lakers. I mean, they're not looking too great right now. Mm-hmm. Should we panic or should we not? That's what we'll be talking about today. And... Next, we're going to go in an di- interesting direction. So far this season, while well, we kind of saw, in, like, at the end of last season, the NBA was, like, talking about cracking down on foul calls. And we're really ch- starting to see it this season of them being really hard on those calls, yeah. such as James Harden, Trey Young, and those guys. It's very interesting. So we're just going to elaborate on that, if it's good or bad for the league. And just go from there. And then, as usual, our five games of the weekend. So we're excited to get into this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's get this show on the road. So let's start out with the Lakers. So if y'all don't know, I mean, y'all could easily just go look at your phone right now. But it's all good. I got we'd, you. We'd prefer it from us. So <laughs> You'd prefer it <laughs> from us. We, if you don't uh, know, Lakers, we're going to let you know. <laughs> The Lakers are not looking good too, so good so far. So opening night, they played the Warriors, and I'm not going to overreact. Like, to me, in my opinion, they didn't look that bad in that game. Like, they, I mean, the Warriors just played better. They won by seven. That's just what happened. Russ kind of had a bad game, but LeBron, so that wasn't a bad game in my book. It's just the Warriors played better. And then the Lakers lose by 10 against the Suns. Edge out the Grizzlies, who were on a two-game win streak. Beat the Spurs. And then they take it, blow a 26-point lead to the Thunder Dang. last night on God. Wednesday. And, like, I know Tommy and I, like, like Tommy is a Lakers, I wouldn't call him hater, but just disliker. You could say he hater. doesn't like the Lakers <laughs> too much. But, uh. And I'm a Lakers fan because I'm a big LeBron guy. And basically what we're going to get at is, like, are they are they struggling or are they not? 
should they panic or should they not panic? And what's the issue? So let's just start with the first problem. The first question is, should they go? Sorry. So should they go to... Drannon's just just pulling up the questions, y'all. He wants to make sure this is precise. So don't worry. He's prepared. He just wants to be precise with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for that. Um, Should the Lakers be panicking right now, yes or no? Ooh, okay. You know what? I'm going to go with what I think is the opposite answer that you will give. And I'm doing that. I'm kind of doing this for the show, just to have a good show. But I'm also, like, trying to be different. So... It's, it's genuine as well as show business. It's both. It's a bit of both. Um, but I'm going to say yes. I say yes. The, the Lakers do hit the panic button. Here's why. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, they're known for their greatness. They're a dynasty. Like, they're known for just being, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest. I think they're the third most expensive sports franchise behind the Manchester United and the New York Yankees. Like, my math, not my math, but... My memory may be way off. I just know that I'm pretty sure Manchester United is the most expensive club, which is awesome. It's my favorite soccer team, just FYI, while we're on sports. Uh, go Rooney, Van Persie, 20, 2012 uh, Manchester United, greatest team of all time. But huh. uh, the Lakers, I believe, are third. So whether they're not, you know, they're top 10. They're a top 10 sports franchise of all time. That's a huge deal. That's a really huge deal. So I answered yes. I think they should hit the panic button. Here's why. Here's why. I'd rather hit the panic button early than not have a button at all and it's too late. Yeah. And that's my philosophy. Like if you if there is a button there, you might as well just push it because if you don't push it and it's too late, that button's going to mean zip. So I say we not we. I say the Lakers do hit the panic button. Do I don't necessarily say trade Westbrook or AD or LeBron, but like you know what what move do you make when you hit the panic button so that might be a question for brandon to answer but yeah i'm gonna go with yes i'm gonna go with yes you hit the panic button interesting interesting well i'm gonna go with no like Mm -hmm. they shouldn't hit the panic button and this is why i think the center of the issue is that russell westbrook just hasn't found his groove yet as an la laker he just hasn't we saw him in the first game against the Warriors, only had eight points, terrible shooting. But at the end of the day, the guy only shot 13 times. And that's pretty good. Give you reference, like. Just to give you reference, Jordan Poole on the Warriors, along with, uh, well, no, but yeah, nobody else. Jordan Poole on the Warriors, like a guy that's, I mean, he can score, but he's no all-star caliber like Westbrook, shot more than Westbrook. You know, right. so Westbrook isn't getting his usual shots. So we're probably seeing how he's not very reliable shooting wise. So I think Westbrook is just the source of the issue. And I just think they need to find a way to include him. There is a way to do it. I know the game is uh, transitioned to a lot of shoot uh, outside the paint shooting, but. Um, there's still ways to include Westbrook by attacking the paint and just being very dominant on the inside. And I think that's definitely something Westbrook can bring. And the other thing is, I mean, they're just, 
They just need to find more shooters. They need to get. They need to right. trade when the deadline comes along, or when the because when you sign contracts during the off season in the summer, you usually have to wait until December fifteenth to right. get traded. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers need to wait a while to hit the panic button as far as trading goes. But I think for now they just need to utilize Russell Westbrook. Okay. And just uh, see, because he had a good game the other night against the Spurs. He had 30-plus 30, uh, 30 points, so he was good there. But that's just my thinking there. What do you think? Um, I, You know, I like that. I really like how you said they need to utilize Russell Westbrook because here's what comes to my head. Um, so let's combine both of our answers. Yes, you hit a button, but no, it's not a panic button. Okay. So that's like both of our answers combined. You hit a button, not a panic button. Okay. So what button do you hit? Here's my, here's my, here's my thought. Let's try it out for three games, three, three to five games. Russell Westbrook is our main score. LeBron, take it, take the back seat. AD, be needed. Right. But take the back seat. Rondo, take the back seat. Tucker, I believe he's out. Is Tucker out or is he playing? Uh, Tucker. Is he uh, hurt? Taylor, yeah, right Taylor Norton Tucker is out right now. Same with Kendrick okay. Dunn. Okay, so take those players aside. Basically, every important player on the team, take a step back. If you're a role player, that's not a, like a huge start or anything. You, you can stay where you are. And let's make Russell Westbrook the star for five games. No one's. No one else is the main ball handler. No one else is the ideal scorer, but Russell Westbrook. I say we. I say we do that. What do you have to lose? Because you're not playing too well already. And what if it works? What if he goes off for forty for all five games, and you guys go four, five and zero? So that would be my solution. I think the Lakers should try it. I think that's a great idea, personally. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's kind of happened, you know, like it, it, because LeBron has been out uh, with a little ankle injury. He just tweaked it a little bit. He'll be back soon. But um, Westbrook and AD looked pretty good against the Spurs, and then it didn't look good against OKC when OKC blew – I mean, when the Lakers blew 26-point lead, which is the biggest lead they've blown pl- – Plus twenty five ever, I think. Oh my gosh, you're kidding! Yeah, I think. Yeah, I saw a stat somewhere that was the biggest, one of the biggest leads they've ever blown. Losing Jeez. and lo- ended up losing the game. So, goodness, you got to be kidding. Insane. That's that's crazy. I mean, but honestly, that's kind of a good stat because they've gone how many years without blowing a lead that big? So, I mean, that's a pretty good stat. But still, that's wow. Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, so we answered if they should panic or not. Um, what – so you might need to pull up your stats just real quick just to look at the ESPN app and just see everybody's stats and everything. But uh, what do you think the Lakers need to change, if anything, right now? Just looking at how they've mm-hmm. done things so far. Yeah, uh, I'm going to double down on what I said. And uh, I think they need to, because I, I'm going to be honest, I think when they picked up Westbrook, um, 
or I guess tr- more so traded. They just said, hey, Westbrook, you're going to be our third option behind AD and LeBron. They didn't say that, but they definitely meant, like, gear, you know, pushed for it. And I think now you got to say, Westbrook, listen, LeBron's old. He's still good, but he's old. AD is in potentially his prime, like, potentially his prime. We, I don't know. He could be – we could, he could have passed his prime. But, hey, like, Russ, you're – you got you're gonna be our guy for a couple games, and if it works, you're gonna be your guy. You're gonna be our guy for the rest of the season for however long you are with the team. So I'm gonna double down on what I said. That's what they need to change. Make Westbrook the main guy. What do you have to lose? And that's my time. It's my time in the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can concur with that, but uh, yeah, I just think they need to utilize Russ better, and they also need to get their guys healthy. They need to get Kendrick Dunn out there. I think he's gonna help a lot with this Lakers team. Mm-hmm. I, I think we forget how good he really is. And he was, he re- helped that Miami team in their run to the finals in 2020. So he's definitely a great point guard. He just needs to get playing. And it'll mm-hmm. be a, pretty much playing the shooting guard position this year since they got Russ and Rondo in there already. So that, and then getting to He'll be pretty much playing a uh, shooting guard position, so okay, that that's definitely gonna like help them a lot. And then th- getting THT back, that's definitely gonna help as well. So, yeah, the Lakers just really need to be patient. And uh, I mean, by no means is this like the atrocity that they had the year when they got Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol, Kobe Bryant, and Meta World Peace, <laughs> and Steve Nash. Like this is not the same level of panic mode you know okay. i really don't think so you still i mean lebron's off the court your best player is off the court and he wasn't playing so if he was in this okc game i think things would have been different but they gotta be able to utilize their big three mm-hmm. i mean if we a lot of people may not think that is a big three but they gotta play like they are you know if they want to go places sure yeah, so, yeah, the Lakers just got some work to do. We'll be following them very closely as the season goes on because they're just one of the two headliner teams, them and the Nets, which kind of is a good transition into our next topic, which is about perfect <laughs> James Harden. So mm-hmm. we found this uh, very interesting YouTube video by one of our favorite YouTubers, uh, Mike Korzimba. Mm-hmm. He does great. Uh, talk shows and uh, podcasts and best of all he does these video projects where he just talks about uh, NBA topics the uh, big stories and just breaks it down really well it's really interesting stuff y'all should go check it out but the one in particular we're going to be talking about is a video he just came out about he just came out with about James Harden and I don't know if y'all saw, we alluded to it at the beginning of the episode. The NBA is cracking down on foul calls. Like, we uh, we heard about it at the end of last season, and we were like, yeah, right. Is that really going to – are they really going to crack on down on it that much? My goodness. Okay, whatever. They're... Because they've been getting flack, flack about it over the years, so – like that's why they're doing it, but they kind of went through what they 
with what they said. Like, mm-hmm. there was an interest, interesting statistic in the video we were watching of uh, free throws per game. Last year, it was at about 22. Is that right, Tommy? It was about at 22. Yeah. And we're only about not even 10 games in to the NBA, but usually these stats kind of stay stagnant, especially when it comes to refereeing. So far, it's at about 19 flat free throws per game. And y'all might go, gosh, okay, well, whatever. It's just a three three free throw difference. But that that's huge when it comes to averages. That well, This is 30 teams we're talking about, and we're seeing a three free throw decrease altogether. So that means the numbers are going down across the board. Yeah. Across the board in the NBA. And we've been seeing how it's been affecting certain players. Um Luca, I mean, Luca's doing good so far, but he's not getting those big 40-point games as we're used to seeing him do. Uh, Trey Young is not getting those calls as much. He's skipped nine free throws per game. Now he's only getting about five, so half of that. And then the biggest story of all, James Harden, who's won the scoring title a few times, great free throw shooter, great at getting foul calls in general only is scoring 18 points per game and he is uh he's only shooting three free throws per game when he's usually gets about 10 free throws per game so that i mean there there's all his points right there he's averaging 18 right now and if he was like making 80 percent of his free throws that he would usually get out of 10 he'd have 26 points right now yeah. 26 points per game so he could he could be having a little funk right here, but the numbers support it. James Harden needs those free throws, and so do other guys. And it really seems the NBA is cracking down really, really hard on this. And, I mean, let's just jump right into it right now. Tommy, what are your initial thoughts from just the NBA cracking down so hard? Yeah, so once again, I'm actually really happy because I feel like I might take an opposite stance as you, and this time it's a 1,000% genuine. It's not just for show business. It's a thousand percent genuine. Um, so, uh, and tell me if you, are you if you're on the opposite of me here. But I think it's a dumb rule, and here's mm. why. Wow. Um, first, actually, before I even say anything, I just want to say I'm really happy the route you went with this uh, this episode because you kind of found a cool video that's important. Like it's going to change the NBA, but what you're doing, Brandon, is you're bringing light to an issue that people may not know about you know if they click on the nba they click on the tv they're not going to really notice unless if they went out and found the information like this so on topic off topic sort of uh i say we keep doing things like this for sports i think this is really interesting because uh like we watch a video with the facts and it's an unbiased video with facts and we give our biases and we give our opinions so we should definitely keep doing this this is this is really cool but along along those lines I think it's a dumb rule, and here's why. In the video, and the guy was unbiased, but in the video he says that um, he says that the highest free throw rate, meaning the highest amount of free throws that were being taken, was in 2004, I think, yeah. in the mid-2000s. And so, was that right? Yes, yes, you're completely right. Yeah, so like, if you're not going to change it then, then, then why are you changing it now? And and I think you're changing it now because you're targeting James Harden and potentially Trey Young, but not really, kind of. 
definitely, kind of. But eh, you're, you're you're targeting James Harden. Here's the thing, guys. You know, I'm from Houston. I was a Harden hater. But then I slowly, to the point where I am at now, uh, began to realize, hey, I'm going to be honest, Harden, you may not like the way he plays. It could be cheap, but he's just utilizing the game. He's just utilizing the game. You, you may not like it. It may not be fun to watch. It may not be fun basketball to watch, but, like, He's just taking advantage of the game, and he's he's kind of found a little cheat code. I can't really be mad at the man. He's just playing his game, he, and he'll be known in the NBA in NBA history as the player who kind of played his game by drawing fouls. And so that being said, I do think it's I think I, you know I have to respect it. I, I you may not like it, I have to respect it. And I do think it's targeted towards Harden, and I think it's a dumb rule. Why, if you're not going to change it in 2004 when players are at the free throw line every other play, then don't change it now. And that's my stance. Interesting, interesting. Um, so this is this is my take on it. I agree that they needed to crack down on it. I, to the level that they're doing it, I don't think it needs to be like that. And it's, it almost seems that they're just targeting players. And that's what is driving the stats down. Right. Because those are the players who get the – those are the players who are getting those stats of free throws. Those are the ones who get a ton in a game because like usually a team will shoot like 20 free throws a game. That's like a, that's the average. Uh, right now it's about at 19. Hypothetically Harden usually got like 10. That's half of the team's free throws, you know? So that's what they're doing. They're targeting these big players. It's not even like they're watching it just for in general they're just watching the players that have become mass puppet masters with the referees which is i kind of like it i'm not gonna lie i kind of like that the nba is taking initiative because i mean the league has gotten to where it's almost too soft you know because like i've heard you tell me sometimes like watching an nba game watching lebron like you've complained before about like oh that's such that's such bull. He shouldn't have gotten called that. That was such a weak call. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what's happening right now. Players are not getting those calls anymore. But the issue, though, in my opinion, is that they're focusing too much on the big names. They just got to keep it fair and take the foot off the pedal just a tiny bit. Okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah. that's, that's my, a fair that's stance too. That's also a very fair stance. <sighs> Both sides are fair. It, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, man, you make a good point. I don't know. I, I think this is definitely something in in the video he mentioned this too. This, this is definitely definitely something that we got to do. But we got to come back in mid season and see how we're feeling. Maybe I'll say, hey, it's a good rule, and maybe you'll say, hey, it's a dumb rule. And we'll switch. But as of now, yeah, I just got to think it's a dumb targeting rule. I just got to think it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, there was just a lot of great information in it, too. And it like really shed light to other players that it really affected because it wasn't just James Harden. It was Trey Young. It was Luca. It was uh, all these guys that are just so good at it. And it's just so interesting to see their stats like not be like, I'll just go through a few. And it's just, crazy to see happening to the NBA because these stats are just so 
Another guy <laughs> struggling is Damian Lillard. Damian yeah. Lillard isn't getting the numbers that he usually gets. And it's just a man, it's just a fun paradox. It's, tough, it's just, isn't it? yeah. yeah, it's just very oh. interesting to see how it's like affecting so many players and it's also helping a lot of players. You know? Mm-hmm. It's giving more time. It's like giving them more touches, more t- more chances to touch the ball. Yeah. You know, like guys like CJ McCollum, he's averaging twenty seven right now. Or Harrison Barnes, of all people. We haven't heard that name in a while. 27 points per game. It's just crazy what this is doing early in the season. And I can't wait to see what happens from here with it. It's very, very interesting. Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much our topic there. Um, Kind of ran through those pretty quickly. But – I mean, hey, that's what we do here at Hot This Week. We love to get quick to the point and be concise about our quality over quantity, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we got a big slot of games coming up this weekend, and we're just going to break them down one by one. And then we're going to go through predictions, and we're going to go through the lines too because we know some of y'all – like to have those and Tommy our expert over here is gonna help us out with that. So this is what we're gonna do. NBA, I mean, it's back. It's not in full swing yet, but we're not too much to it into it now. And there's not a lot of great matchups quite yet. So we'll limit it to one NBA game, two college football games, and two NFL games. And we'll go ahead and start with the college games and just move through. This might be a little biased, but this kind of is synonymous with our audience because I live in Dallas, and a lot of the listeners I advertise to you are Dallasonians, people from Dallas, and Houstonians with Tommy. Mm-hmm. There's a big game going down in H-Town this oh, yeah. weekend. Number 19 SMU, 7-0 and against 6-1 and Houston. And man, like this is going to be a big game. I'm excited for it. Um, let's talk about this Mustangs first before we get to our hometown team. The Mustangs are looking great this year. They've put up big wins over TCU, um, Louisiana Tech, and others. And they've just they're taken undefeated, care of right? They're undefeated, and they've just taken care of business and. Uh, they're ranked 19 right now, and, I mean, you got to respect them. They've just played really well. And it's very uh, – it's Houston is definitely, uh, besides TCU, this is the best opponent SMU's had so far this season. Mm-hmm. They're led by Tanner Mordecai, who's got 2,320 yards and 29 touchdowns. Oh, my god! That is the num- That is number one in the NCAA right now. And keep in mind, they're only seven games in. Jeez. So if you do the math real quick, 29 divided by seven, that's about four touchdowns a game. Goodness. Some of which some of which he might score, get six touchdowns in a game or one, two touchdowns in another game, you know, but that's mm-hmm. four touchdowns a game. So this guy can light it up. He's a transfer from Oklahoma. Definitely a guy that you need to watch this weekend in this game. It's going to be very exciting and I can't wait to 
And then, uh, besides that, they got a singer, uh, Tremont Singers in there. He's uh, a powerhouse. Great running back for the Mustangs. 473 yards. I mean, the their offense is run and shoot, so that's what they do. They throw the ball, and they love to run it too. So be watching for that. Um, I'm excited for it. But let's look at the other side. Let's look at the Houston Cougars. Uh, Houston came into the season after a big loss to Texas Tech in the Texas kickoff. And ever since then, they've really bounced back. They went and beat Rice 44-7. to Brambling State 45-0, so easy teams there. And then a, bi- a win over Navy, 28-20. to It was a fun game. And we've, and we've seen Navy kind of give uh, other teams challenges like SMU and Cincinnati, both, both of which won by seven. So Houston won by just as much as those other teams. So mm-hmm. that's interesting right there. They went to Tulsa on the road and beat them 45-10. Big win there. And then they played Tulane away and won 40-22. to So the Cougars really started getting things going. And then homecoming game against ECU last week had a, I think it was a, it was a five-hour rain delay. And I don't know if y'all, any of y'all used to play football or are playing football who are listeners. That is very psychologically stressful to have a five-hour rain delay because you're set, you're ready to play, and then you have to sit there for five hours. You know? It's really hard on your body, and Houston ended up pulling out the victory in overtime, 31-24, to to set up this big matchup against SMU. So, uh, guys to watch for for the Cougars. Um, I mean, Clayton Toon, he's a pretty good quarterback. He just still needs to cross that threshold as being elite. But uh, Houston's got a, tr- a true freshman in Alton McCaskill from Conroe, Texas. He's got 463 yards and nine touchdowns. He leads the nation among freshmen Ooh. with rushing touchdowns. So good for him there. And then let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We'll get to predictions in just a minute. Michigan, Michigan State. This is a huge Huge, huge, huge game. We we were thinking the big game this week was going to be Penn State and Ohio State, but ended up not being the case. Penn State lost at home against Illinois, so kind of took the hype away there. But Michigan-Michigan State, I mean, it's an in-state rivalry. It's going to be huge. Talk about it on my other podcast with my co-host. This game has potential to be great. Michigan State has really surprised people this year. I mean, they've been a team that can really run the ball. And they have a quarterback in Thorne. He's thrown 15 touchdowns seven and 1,700 yards. So he's been pretty good. And then on the other side, Michigan, surprisingly, has looked pretty okay. I mean, they're usually a team that drops a, a – a loss in there along the way against a team that they're way better than. So this is going to be a big matchup. I mean, it's number six against number eight. So this is definitely going to have college football playoff implications. So be watching this game. It'll be on Fox. And the reason why it's important to watch this game in particular, because this game is going to really 
sent shockwaves to the college football playoff ranking committee because mm-hmm. they meet on November 2nd for their first selection show of rankings. They don't do it until after week nine, usually. So that's going to be really cool there. So out of those two games, Tommy, like, what are you thinking? Do these games sound pretty exciting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those two games, you guys know I work on Saturday, but uh, if I weren't working, I would be watching those two games, absolutely. Cool, cool. So let's go ahead and move to the NFL. And and just a headliner, like uh, uh, if y'all didn't see it already, the Packers and Cardinals had a big game together. Packers took down the Cardinals finally, and the Cardinals lost their first game this season. And they only lost by three. They lost by an interception in the end zone. So, great teams. They might meet in the NFC, cha- in the NFC Championship. Who knows? But uh, let's go ahead and dive into these games this week. And there's not too much that looks, I mean, really exciting, but Let's go ahead and pick this one. The Buccaneers and the Saints. Ooh. And you hear the Saints, you're like, ah, oh, they don't have Drew Brees anymore. I mean, they're not as good, but don't be too fast. I mean, we all know that Drew Brees is one of the goats out there, is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But but uh, Jameis Winston has been having a pretty good year. 13 touchdowns. Over a thousand yards passing, and three inter- only three interceptions. So he's had an all right year. Just doesn't get to pass a lot. I mean, when you got Alvin Kamara, I mean, why would you pass? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they look pretty good so far for their first year without Drew Brees. And this team is great. Their defense is tough. And man, like this team remembers what happened last year against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. They're going to be really hot-headed, and they're going to be ready to go. And then on the other side, the Buccaneers are looking great. I mean, they're picking up right where they left off as Super Bowl champs. They're 6-1 and one right now. They look great. Tom Brady is low-key looking like an MVP candidate. He's got 2,275 yards, 21 touchdowns. That is huge. Like, he mm. is going nuts, and he just – Passed his 600th passing touchdown. And interesting story there. They uh, Mike Evans, the receiver, just threw the ball to the stands after it happened. And Tom Brady was like, no, bro, I want my 600th touchdown ball. Like, I want to keep it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So Tom Brady sends a guy to <coughs> – sends a guy to the guy that picked it up and says, hey, we'll give you – this and that and a bitcoin if you give us back the ball and he was like oh heck yeah and that's what he did (laughs) so the guy went away richer and happier so that was fun but uh this game should be fun this weekend definitely one to watch and i mean not a lot of big matchups coming into this week uh i know your ravens are on a bye week sad i'd love to watch them but another game to watch is between the cowboys and the vikings the vikings have been trying to uh get over the 500 mark and they've proven themselves to be a good team this year 
and they want to be great. So the first step they in doing that is beating the Cowboys at home. And that is no easy task. Dak Prescott has looked incredible. And in my opinion, the guy's going to win comeback player of the year. I'm going to say it now. Like, my, like my goodness. Like, you can't paint a better story than, like, breaking your leg, your team, pretty much losing every game, and then coming out this year 5-1 and one in your first six games. Truly unbelievable. He's going to be fun to watch. Ezekiel Elliott has been playing great, too, so definitely watch him. And uh, this one should be fun. It's going to be in Minnesota, so it'll be loud. And it'll be high stakes as always in the NFL. And then for NBA, I mean, there's not a whole lot of fun matchups. But I do have a team and a good matchup to watch, the Bulls. The Bulls started have started out their season 4-1. and one. They went 4-0 in their first four games. They look really good right now. And guess who they played Sunday, Tommy? Who or Saturday. Did- who? They play the Jazz. Woo! Yeah, 4-0 against 4-1. So these teams, respectively, the two best in each conference right now. So that's True. interesting. So it'll be Donovan Mitchell against Zach Levine and the Bulls. So that one's going to be huge. So we're going to go through our score predictions in our lines. Let's start with college football Tommy. Houston comes into this one as a, oh, it's even. It is. I saw the that. The line is even. And if you look at the ESPN Power Index, SMU has a 50.1 chance to win. And Houston yeah. has a 49.9% chance to win. So the line is even, and the over-under is at 62. What do you do in this one? These are – and just keep in mind, both of these teams are – very, very high-scoring offenses. So, I mean, both of these teams scoring over 30 is not crazy. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be crazy. So, what do you think about the line here? It's 62. You know, I – I, uh, as far as the line goes, I would sprinkle money. If you, ha- if you want to sprinkle money, if you have the extra money and you want to sprinkle it, I'd sprinkle a little bit on SMU. Uh maybe a, a handful of dollars, not a handful, but a handful of tens of dollars. Not, not very much, but I'm going to be honest guys, you know, Houston's my closest D one call the closest D one college to me. My girlfriend goes here. Um, I've had family go here and plenty friends. And, you know, if you're a friend of Brandon Matula's, you gotta be a U of H fan. So <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to ride my U of H pride right now. I'm at, and um, I'm going to go U of H. I'm going to go U of H this game. I'm going to go, you know, they got the home field advantage. I'm actually potentially going to be at this game. Uh, depends on how, how it goes with work and everything. But um, I've got U of H. Money-wise, if you want to lay a bet, you know, take SMU because it's the safe bet, I understand. But U of H is only 6-1. and one. You know, they've only lost one game. I've got U of H by a field goal. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. But it's going to be a lit win. And I'm going to take U of H 31 to 28. Nice, nice. And I got the Cougars too. And here's why. Um, 
So, okay, with that score prediction, Tommy, you're taking the under? Yeah. With the uh, over-under? Yeah, I'd probably take the under. Under? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be the toughest game for SMU, and here's why. I agree. I mean, pl- playing at TCU is pretty tough. I mean, there's more fans there, and it's a little bit louder than U of H. But that was not a night game. That was a day game. And there is a difference in night games and day games in college football, let me tell you. And this is going to be a night game starting at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Fans are going to be wearing all black. The Cougs will be wearing all black. And it's going to be a crazy game. And I think the Cougars win this one by 10. I think they come in surging. And then I think SMU will slowly come back, but then Houston will pull it out. And I've got the Cougs 35 to 24. Ooh, big margin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go ahead and go to this Michigan-Michigan State game. Uh, the power index shows that the Michigan is expected to win. They're uh, 56% uh, favored in this game, and the line is in favor of Michigan by four, and the over-under is 50.5. So, Tommy, what, what you're thinking here? Oh, man. Michigan is on the road. Keep him on. Yeah. Ah, uh, You know, this is a – if you're a sports fan, you guys, which I am a – I'm an above-average sports fan. I'm not a sports – you know, I'm a, not as strong as Brandon, but I'm not an above-average sports fan. Even the most average sports fans, you're look you're looking at this game. This is the game. You've got a state team, you know, from both states. You know, Michigan, Michigan State. The biggest rivalry, one of the biggest rivalries in college football, and the, and not only that, but it's they're both seven and seven. And I think that's the biggest part because Michigan State could be one and six, so good Michigan, but they're seven and zero. Oh. So all that all that blabbing aside, man, you know, the line says to take Michigan. I'm gonna have some fun this weekend and I'm gonna go with the plus line on Michigan State. I've seen Michigan State pull off some big dubs in my time. So I'm gonna go Michigan State with their money lights plus sixteen. So I'd sprinkle, you know, sprinkle ten to win sixteen dollars, you know. If you lose money, you lose ten bucks. If you win, you win sixteen bucks. So why not? And then uh the over under is fifty. Honestly, guys, I'm gonna smash that over. I'd probably put a hundred bucks on that over just because each team only has to score 25. I mean, it's 50, 50.5, but each team only has to score, you know, 25 points. Then one team has to score 26, and then you win your money. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Because that being said, I'm taking Michigan State for fun. Let's go, let's go, Michigan State. Let's go, Spartans. Why not? I'm taking Michigan State, and I'm taking them by five. I'm ready to go 30, Ooh. 35. 30 to 35. All right. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I'm just for this game. And is, uh, the Big Ten has been a powerhouse this year. And sadly, they're going to lose an uh, undefeated team this week regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Michigan State going into this. Um, it's going to be a big game. College football, uh, college game day is there along with Big Noon, which is uh, – Fox's college game day. So it's it's a huge game, and I'm excited for it. And I've got Michigan State in this one, and I think they win this one 21-17. to 17. 
All right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so let's go ahead and head to the NFL just real quickly. We got a big ma- a big matchup between – let's pull it up here. Sorry, y'all. And uh, while I pull this up, there's going to be polls this week on our Instagram page, so be sure to predict your teams. and We'll go over them next show most likely, or uh, we'll do that from now on, but – Let's go ahead and get with this. Uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, Sunday on Fox. Tampa Bay is a four and a half point favorite. They're 64% favored on the power index. And the over under is 49.5. Tommy, who do you have in this one? Uh, not a Bucks fan by any means. I think minus 220 is kind of ridiculous, though. Um, so just for that reason alone, I'm staying away from both money lines. If I had to hit one, I don't – I would probably hit the Saints one over the Bucks one. Even if the Bucks blow them out, that's still way too high of a line for me. Uh, however, the spread for the Bucks minus 4.5, so the Bucks by touchdown, that's not bad. If you wanted to sprinkle a little bit, sprinkle a little bit. The over-under is 49, so it's, it means both teams have to score 25. I would probably stay away from that. Um, but who do I have? Not a Bucks fan. Really don't like Bucks. I like Tom Brady. So I'm going to go with the Saints just for that fact. Plus, I, I think the Saints could – they have something up their sleeve because every team in the NFL, when they watch film, they focus on the Buccaneers because they know that that's the team to beat. In the same way that if you're an NBA team, you watch the Warriors because you know Steph Curry. If you can beat him, you can beat the team. So, you know, if you can if you can figure out the Bucs, you're going to beat the Bucs. So, I think the Saints have an excellent film watching crew from what I've seen in interviews and – uh in documentaries, so I'm going to go Saints, and I'm going to go by a touchdown that they received from an interception in the fourth quarter. Saints Ooh, 28, oh. Bucks 21. Low-scoring game, kind of. Wow. Kinda. Okay, okay. Well, um, I'm going to go with the Bucks in this one. Uh, I just... Right now, and... They're going to face better teams ahead of them, and I expect them to lose later on in this season. I mean, the best teams do. It happens. But, uh, I mean, the Bucks need to win their division this year, and they need to win it convincingly. So they're going to take these division games very seriously. So I got the Bucks in this one, 35-24. to 24. Same score as the Houston SMU game. I just think Tom Brady is going to come in on a mission. And he's going to come in ready to go with all his boys, his Buccaneers. Uh, last NFL game, Cowboys versus the Vikings. Uh, Minnesota is favored in this game by two and a half. Tommy, who do you got? Oh, man. You know, I, I've been thinking about who I'm going to go with because I know you're going to get to me. You know, I got a lot of family that are, you know, I got a lot of family that's Cowboys fans. So. Let's go, Cowboys. We're having fun. It's a good year to be a Cowboys fan, uh, and I love Dak Prescott. I'm going Cowboys, but I'm going to be humble here. I'm going to go Cowboys by a touchdown and a field goal, so Cowboys by 10. Let's go Let's go Cowboys 31, uh, Vikings 21. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um uh, I think they've been great this year, and I 
honestly like to see them succeed. Uh, a lot of people say they don't like to see them succeed. I do. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Very close, though. I have them winning by a field goal, 27 to 24. Mm. All right. And uh, last game, NBA game. It's nice. the Jazz at 4 0 against the Bulls. Two hot teams right now. Tommy, who do you got? This game will be played in Chicago. You know, I really, really, really got family in Utah. Yeah, I used to live there, for those of you who don't know. Um, I got to go Utah. Got to go Utah. Um, I think they're just way too mature. Now, this Bulls team is good, but they're not as mature as the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, um, they, you know, they have a little bit of an upper edge as far as chemistry goes. So I'm going to go Utah Jazz. And I'm going to go I'm gonna go Utah Jazz by 12. So nothing crazy in the NBA. And I'm going to go Utah Jazz. Let's make it even. 112 to 100. 112 to 100. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with Utah here. And I'll tell you why. Um, Chicago has been hot, but I think this is when they start cooling down. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that they've been hot, though. I, I think they'll stick around. I think they'll make the playoffs this year. But uh, I got the Jazz in this one, and I expect them to go 5-0. and Good for them. Um, I got them winning 115-107. to 115 With Donovan Mitchell scoring over 25 points. And, uh, y'all, that is it for Season 2. Woo! Um, we're going to uh, give y'all details about Season 3 very soon. Uh, we'll probably send an announcement video on our Instagram page to say walk y'all through maybe some stuff that we're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, I'm excited to see what our future is, and I'm very thankful for how far we've come, and we couldn't have done that without y'all. So thank you guys so mm-hmm. much. Um, Tommy, anything you want to say to close out Season 2? Yeah. Um, kind of, I guess kind of a trailer for Season 3 as far as movie reviews go. You know, October we talked about uh, – about you know big releases but november's kind of slept on november we've got eternals which is going to be interesting because the reviews are not very good but i think i see that as a dub i see that because they switched things up in the marvel verse and they went with something different which is what we need from marvel which is why i'm such a marvel hater because every movie's the same in my humble opinion but i think eternals is going to switch it up um we guys we've got eternals we've got licorice pizza ghostbusters spencer king richard come on come on the new a24 movie so, you know, November, November's got some sleepers. So November's got some sleepers. So there'll be a lot of good reviews in there, and hopefully they can get a lot of those early um, or some early screens. But if not, you know, they're going to be up by Thursday. Don't you worry. Um, but, guys, I mean, it's been an honor. Season 2 has been lit. It's been drastically better than Season 1, in my opinion. Not that Season 1 was bad, but we just only continue to improve. And even from Episode 1 of Season 2 till now, Episode 12, like, we've just been done nothing but improve. So, uh yeah, we're going to have a long talk about what we want for season three. But until then, you guys, uh, keep it real. Be safe out there. And uh, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks or in a week or something like that. We'll <laughs> see. I guess we'll figure it out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and we're off.